Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Cheap Seats. We're back after a little bit of an injury niggle. We had a bit of a hamstring for the last couple of weeks, but now we're fine. Similarly to how Spurs seemingly have turned it around. November wasn't great for them, but it looks like December is the month for Tottenham again. And Postacoglu might win manager of the month. You never know. Um, but we're also going to talk about a team who had a manager of the month and a player of the month. And a goal of the month. Player of the month and manager of the month means nothing. <laughs> what does this mean? Hey, look, Harry Maguire silencing the haters. That's all it is. Eric, who was it? Scott McTominay, the passion merchant, who knew he was R9 from, I don't know, Glasgow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, the curse of the manager of the month coming to bite Tottenham for like oh, another month um last time we were on here dean was happy Why? spurs was on top of the log how now they're like fighting for fifth with you with united united's looking weirdly nearly close to city because city had a had a weird run liverpool are evading all the bullets uh that everyone else is is is, is throwing at them they're, they're sitting on top lose. of the log they try their best they are, to lose but until the last 10 minutes <laughs> but they can't. And somehow Luton FC is some sort of Pick tough of the... team to beat um, at home. But it, it's been an interesting uh, period that we've been away. And all I can say is from our side is remember to follow us um, on uh, One World Sports Radio platform. Please do like and subscribe. If you're watching this, please do click that like and subscribe button. We're also sponsored by Classic Shirt ZA. And in honor of the team, that's on top of the log. I thought um, you could. I'll, I'll sort out the audio as we go along. I know it's 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 not it's not great. Um, I thought we could talk about a team that's on top of the log, and I'm just going to put Liverpool up there um, as as their team as their top of the log. You can get all of these at Classic Shirts today. Uh, I'm not a fan of the away kit, uh, Wahid and Dean. Um, but I'm sure Cyrus likes that uh, that purple third kit. Um, <laughs> uh, Why little, would that be? You never know, Cyrus. You never, never know um, about that about that purple third kit. And so, um, yeah. So if you'd like to, so I know nobody wants to talk about Liverpool on this podcast right now. So you can go to Cheap Seats. Uh, no, classic shirts ZA, not to cheap seats, and put in the discount code cheap seats ninety nine. That third kit is like such. A, it's like the purple color of a sexually frustrated person. <laughs> well, currently it looks. <laughs> yeah, um, and it looks like Liverpool are playing like they. I won't. I won't say it, but they're frustrated. But luckily, <laughs> somehow they're finding ways to to get wins. They struggle, the struggle, struggle, and then finish. Yeah. So... Yes, and <laughs> it. It's a bit of a problem with um, with, with Liverpool, and so um, they are evading all the bullets, and we're not. But anyway, so today we are. People have got things on their mind, so try to let everyone talk about what they what the issues are. But let's start with this little situation that happened on the weekend, where Aston Villa this last week have decided to become title contenders, and are they? title contenders. I'm going to go to Cyrus because somehow Unai Emery seemingly keeps on putting out 
um, a really, really good performance. And that Aston Villa team that did some good business in the, in the summer um, are, are playing some really good football right now. Only problem is that if you play them away from home or if they go away from home, they can't win. But at home, they're looking great. And it's half of what you need to win a title, right, Cyrus? Cyrus doesn't start by saying good evening. Uh, I think it's a it's a fail. <laughs> it's a it's a failure of an opening. Failed already. <laughs> Failed already. Uh, good good evening. But I, I think the thing is, if you look <laughs> at what has been the formula for success over the last, I guess, 25, 30 years in English football, it starts with a good defensive base. Every team that has done well has had good defense, and then you build from there. And Villa have managed to shore up a lot of their defensive issues, starting with having a good goalkeeper that somebody else tossed away, um, and then allowing the rest of those players to then find their 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 position. But also the other thing being in uh, signing Pau Torres, who everybody had been looking at, and suddenly ended up at Villa Park, and he's turned out to be as good as advertised. Um, it hasn't even hurt them that they lost Tyrone Mings, who was their, their spirit animal as well as club captain. So, well, I shouldn't say club. Well, you're one of the in the leadership group because, you know, then you've got the John McGinn's of this world. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The John McGinn's of this world. No, because, you know, John McGinn is always sort of, he's the captain without the armband. Um, and so you look at, at what Villa had. And we said this when Gerard was their manager, was that you could see they had a lot of really good players. They just mm. weren't being utilized effectively, right? Suddenly, it looks as if this this makes it even worse. <laughs> like, like you're looking at what Gerard did there and you're like, okay, is Unai Emery this good? Or was I'm, Steven I'm not Gerard looking at what Gerard did there. I'm just, I'm just looking at Dean and uh, remembering how, how, how he thought that Gerard was the second coming of Sir Alex <laughs> <laughs> We allowed yeah, one that... bad call in our lab. That's my one. Oh, like, what was it? What was uh, Wahid's one? Um, Lalana, who's actually Remy. playing for Bright Brighton right mm. now. We've all had those, but but to go back to it, I think that Villa cannot be written out of this, and it, and I'm happy that we started here because this is shaping up to be one of the best title races we've had for a very long time. Not just mm. because of the teams that are at the top, but because of the teams that are in their wake. And those teams can give a hell of a lot of different teams a bloody nose. The, like, I think, and I'm going to say something that hugely controversial for, for a fan of a London club. This could be the time that Spurs do something absolutely insane. What? No, Spurs, uh-uh. How? <laughs> I, I honestly, honestly see something crazy because it's it's a bit of a mutually assured destruction thing happening when you've looked at at arsenal and at liverpool in recent weeks and mm. the games that they've played and struggled in it's exactly the same as spurs have this season when they've struggled they've all looked the same the difference being that spurs actually have a little bit i don't want to call it more firepower up top but there are a lot of, uh, like a couple of guys who can do some things liverpool are going to have a massive problem when salah goes to afcon like mm. there's no two ways about it and arsenal i'm still unsure as to what's happening with with your strikers um it's i'll, I'll say this it's never a good sign when kai Havertz starts to score goals because it means something's not working <laughs> and kai's doing what he's he's just filling in the blanks oh, i've been no. there before 
I've been there now, before. Uh, sorry, Arteta's people complain that he's Arteta's not scoring goals. <laughs> no, no, people are complaining that he's not scoring goals for the first part. Now he's scoring goals. Now you're saying, no, it's a bad thing. <laughs> What's going on? I get No, I no, 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 no. There's, there's a nuance there. Uh, I just want to jump in here. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like looking at McTominay and saying, no, he's really good because he's scoring goals. But the fact that Scott McTominay is scoring goals for Man yeah. United shows you the structural issues at Man United. Scott McTominay is the new Maron Fellaini. In isolation, if you're not looking at the bigger picture, it might look like he's playing well. Mm. But there's actually yeah. a much bigger problem that look, that, that that's creating that's a situation exactly where someone like Scott it. McTominay or Kai Havertz have to go and score your goals. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they're not game breakers. Like, this is the crazy thing, is that we're looking at these guys as being game breakers. And they have been in certain games. But, like, you look at that Luton game. Um, it 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 uh, the Arsenal Luton game. Obviously, yeah. Luton have caused problems for a lot of people. How the hell were Arsenal behind in that game? And that we haven't that. even spoken about it. Look, the goalie is your last line of defense. Just remember that. And and yes. United, Chelsea have all figured out that if all the guys in front of that goalie are absolute. Um, I don't want to use the words that I was going to use, but not great. You're going to end up in a situation where you're 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 facing having to to call on on Declan Rice to head you a last second goal, which technically shouldn't be something that you're relying on consistently. Look, so the way I look at it, I think it's the it's it's the big issue is the fact that we're not playing a double pivot in midfield, um, and we're trying to retain possession with guys who are good at retaining possession, but they're retaining possession in the wrong parts of the field. The left side of our defense is an issue because you've given up on defense and you've brought in Zinchenko to try and uh, cut in and play inside, and and that kind of opens you up. And a lot of the goals we've been conceding have been coming from the left. If you look at that Aston Villa goal, Zinchenko was just chasing and and, and running through a lot of things. Look at a lot of the Luton goals. It starts from the left and it goes right and they cross the ball in and wall and trouble. And the question is, is with all the goals, even the one we conceded this weekend, Declan Rice seemingly feels as though he needs to cover everybody. And so he's leaving the defense, like he left McGinn. He was on McGinn and then he ran away to go try to see if um, Gabrielle needed help. And for me, that's you, that's the one issue that I have. You, you the know only who other that issue... sounds like? Harry Maguire. Like... Exactly. <laughs> um, the other thing for me with, 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 with Arsenal is that Arteta seemingly telling the is playing a much slower game at a slower pace, and they're not at, like last season playing at a much higher pace to try and blow teams out at the start, right? And it's it's, it's coming at the expense. Of, yeah, <laughs> it's coming at the expense of Martinelli and Saka because you're you're playing a more control based game, so you're not telling those two to run right backs and left backs into the ground. They're now trying to pass through the middle and get Odegaard in, and it effectively slows the game down. And Kai Havertz is an issue because I think Trossard plays that position much better. I think Trossard gives you a little bit more creativity and a little bit more, I don't know, quality from that position. Uh, uh, he's he's a scorer from that position. If you look, look at Kai's goal, Kai, Kai is bundling balls into the over the line. He's not necessarily doing something amazing, right? And to a certain extent, from a confidence perspective and from that position, that left eight position, goals are coming there because Xhaka was scoring goals there. So I've got no issues with that. I just think we're playing a lot slower. We're we're playing in the wrong parts of the field. And I think Arteta is, 
to use the word uh, out pepping himself. When the formula was there, he thought um, he needed to control the game a little bit more because last year we threw, we bottled the season, as everyone says. And I think he needed to double down on what went well and get better defenders. And I think here in Timber's injury is hurting us because he probably would have been playing that left-sided, uh, uh, that left-back role next to Just, Gabriel, which is a little bit more stronger. But to a certain extent, that's what it is. What's the party situation? Because um, I'm unsure... So if we is can he get fit him and fit, not playing, or is he just not fit and he's not fit? He's okay. I don't even think he's going to Afcon. Um, I look if he's going to Afcon, then we've got a Aubameyang Ozil situation happening at Arsenal, or Thomas Partey's got other uh, external factors that are not bringing him in front of the into the team because that's the other thing with him, right? And. I think he comes into the side, he does a much better job. We play much better and we look much more solid even going forward because then you push a guy like Declan Rice a little bit more forward uh, into that Kai Havertz role and it, 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 it works better. But the only thing I can say is we're, I think being second at this point, having played this poorly, says a lot more about everyone else than how badly we're playing because I don't think we should be anywhere near the top with the way we're playing. We can't score goals. We concede well defensively it looks better even though we concede the most ridiculous goals against the most ridiculous teams um but yeah i think for me cyrus that's where that's where my thing is if thomas party comes into the side it adds a little bit more stability even um because you push declan to the left right now declan's a little bit more central so when they break on the left he now needs to figure out who needs to cover and that's part of a game that he needs to grow in into um but yeah, that's what this title race is, right? You've you've got yeah. Manchester United not playing well, but they there and thereabouts. You've got Liverpool, uh, Tottenham having gone through the worst of November, but now they seemingly are back in it. And the only thing we'd we'd, we'd be talking about is whether Poch in or Poch up, but we'll talk about that later. Um, let's move over to Wahid. When we look at your team, sitting there and thereabouts. You had that beautiful. I don't know if it's. I don't. I don't want. I don't even could call it beautiful. But you were the most informed team. You were looking great. But it felt like you had a false bottom. Was this weekend the sign of the false bottom, or is it just a situation of just one bad game at Old Trafford and Bournemouth are a better side? No, it was. It was one hundred percent a false bottom, and that was chickens coming home to roost because we were getting over the line in very lucky, like. I, w I want to use the word lucky methods. Um, mm. We weren't playing well. I can't think, until the Chelsea game, I can't think of one game in which we actually played well. We played well against Chelsea, but the caveat is that it was Chelsea. It was two basket case clubs <laughs> playing against each other. It, it's, not, it's not you playing well um, in like in an overarching sense, you have to take which, which, who you're playing against. And, and it's playing at a, it's almost playing against a mirror image of yourself when you're playing Chelsea, when many are playing Chelsea. It's two ridiculous football teams um, with like no end, with, with like very little structural, um, like anything, structural <laughs> ideas <laughs> going on. And yes, yeah. I waxed literally about Chelsea a couple of weeks ago because I thought that they were going in the right direction. Turns out I was wrong. Um, like it's actually gone like gotten a lot worse for Chelsea, and now the underlying stats that I kept talking about and banging on about have actually also gone to shit. 
So yes, I want to talk. I, I do want to say yes, Man United played well. But apart from that Chelsea game where we played well, I can't think of another game this season where we actually played well. The only time I can probably think of good-ish performances was against Arsenal with Ganacho's uh, goal. Yes. That might have been a bit different. And when we played Spurs again, the handball might 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 have gone differently. Those games we actually didn't play badly. But the other games when we were winning games, we were playing awfully. We deserved to lose the games we won. So yes, this was chickens coming home to roost. This was fully expected. And just like my heart goes out to our mate Dean Elson, who spent a whole lot of money to go and watch that game at Old Trafford. <laughs> I felt so sorry for him. Like within like four minutes, you guys were down. And I'm sitting there going, what? <laughs> like, like, at least you know, he doesn't even home. live. Like, I think a lot of us uh, think of him as like living in the UK. He doesn't live in the UK. He lives in Dublin. Yeah. He had to spend a hell of a lot of money to go watch that game. Hmm. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Is it ETH out, or do you have to wait for all the boardroom stuff? If you guys, so what's his? So if you're ETH, what's your case to not be fired? So I've said this before, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on what what I've said on previous podcasts, but I don't think it's ETH out yet. But when the boardroom changes and shuffles happen, I think that he's also going to be on the line because he should be doing a hell of a lot better with the team that he's got. And there's so many questionable things that happen at Man United every single week that it can't literally just be it can't be ETH getting a free pass because the ownership situation is up in the air or the or the boardroom or, or the, the structure of the boardroom is broken because he's got players at his disposal and he's and he's and he's just being weird about it. So dropping Bruno into a deeper midfield position to do dog work to allow Scott McTominay a free role makes no sense. It makes yeah. zero sense. Because Scott McTominay has scored a couple of goals for Scotland, doesn't mean you give him a free a free role at Man United. You've got your creative out, your incredible football player in Bruno Fernandes, and you give you make him do dog work for Scott McTominay. It does make sense. During the Bournemouth game, I was watching. There was a lot of times where forget doing dog work in midfield. Bruno was made to shift to left back to allow Regulon to move through midfield. How That's does awesome. this make sense? <laughs> How does this make sense? There's like there's 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 your obvious questionable decisions which casuals might look at and be like, yeah, uh, Hoyland might uh, should be starting over Martial. And yes, that is that is such an obvious issue where you are trying to get a, your, your your team to play a pressing game and you've got Anthony Martial leading your leading your line. Anthony Martial doesn't press, doesn't run, doesn't do anything. So why mm. start him? It makes no sense. So yes, every casual fan can see that. But there's other deeper structural things like moving Regulon to midfield and Bruno to left back during games. The in-game management sucks. It, it, it really, really does suck. So it's, it's not ETH out, but it's ETH get your shit together and try and figure out what, what, got, what gets you ticking. And, and in today's press conference, he goes on about how he had some form of consistency last season because of his, his back line being together. That's really great, but he's not the only manager in the Premier League who's been dealt a bad hand. Newcastle have been dealt a bad hand of, uh, of injuries. Spurs have been dealt a bad hand of injuries. Everybody is dealing with injuries, mm. which is probably a little bit to do with the World Cup coming at a weird time last year, and teams are battling with injuries. Mm. But there's also Man United's injuries seem to be exacerbated, and there's this all this talk of Man United's training methods being ridiculously uh, over the top. And let's use some sports science and see, and see. All these injuries are probably predictable. Muscle injuries in 2023 are predictable. So if you're running your players into the ground, you can't blame the Glazers. You can't blame John Murto for muscle injuries caused on the training field. So it, 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 there's questions that need to be asked of ETH. 
Also, the Varane question, Wahid. What's going on there? Is is he not good enough to make the starting eleven? Who's that, Terry? Rafael Varane. It's a weird situation again because I, I I just don't understand it. If I look at that team on the weekend, and I think you in the in the first half you obviously see that the Regulon shore side of things is not working. It's not working from an attacking perspective or defensive perspective, and you've mm. got Rafa Varane on your bench. I get this idea that he doesn't believe Rafa Varane and Maguire can play together. But surely even that is better than what we saw on the weekend. Surely at some point you ditch this principle and move to just a little bit of pragmatic common sense and play your five-time Champions League winner in central defense instead of playing a left-back in central defense. Surely at some point we just think, okay, let's just use a little bit of oh. common sense and play a central defender in central defense. <laughs> no, but, but this... So, so it's interesting because... And I know we'll talk about Chelsea in a bit, but it's exactly the same thing that I feel we're seeing at Chelsea in terms of the ideal outweighing the situation that they are playing to the ideal or whatever their expectation of how their system to, system is supposed to work versus who they currently have. Chelsea are basically built to have, much like Poch has done in the past, um, overlapping fullbacks who will fend, send crosses in. But then when you're playing De Sassi at right back, what the hell are you doing? And so it's the same. Can I just, talk, can I just say something? I saw a tweet earlier that called Reese James the work from home Kafu. And I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. There was another one that said he is playing BRB for Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it hurts. It hurts physically for him. But I think the thing is, what makes it really rough is just how talented the boy is. Um, you know, all things considered, if he was fit, it would definitely help, but I think there are there are bigger issues at play. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Because mm. um, I just think that you you've hit the nail on the head around a lot of stuff. And and I think Dean, I'd like to get your opinion on from a Spurs perspective because I think Romero is going to cost you guys a couple more games because that guy cannot hold himself back from just being insane on the pitch. Do you think Jan? is where your season turns around? Because I feel that's where everything changes for you. I think Ange has sort of given an indication to ownership that if we can bring a couple more lads in, it's on. Like, it's 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 a possibility. There's no way Daniel Levy's putting money down for Ange. No way, Dean. Surely. Nah, you will. I think <laughs> there's a very different feeling around Spurs. Obviously, like, I think rival fans can feel it, neutrals can feel it, and obviously, like, supporters can feel it and i think you're right so like romero has that sort of red light in him that he sees something and it just kind of flicks the switch and he can't help but mm. put his studs through someone's ankles like he it's yeah. one of those things and when he plays with mickey van der ven he's a little bit more calm and i think it's because he feels like he's got someone next to him that's kind of on his quality or is at least not ben davies um yeah. so i don't think i don't think that helps but that's no, an official I, designation, not Ben Davies. Yeah, not Ben Davies. So I think um, he is vice captain. So you would expect him to hold his head a little bit better than what he has. But he was very lucky to not get a red card in the in the game against Newcastle. Right at the end, you funnel up. You don't need to try and you know no one likes Callum Wilson at Spurs, but you don't need to try and put break the man's leg um, when you funnel up. But yeah, for me, I, there's no there's no sort of uh, hiding at Spurs are after a centre back couple of the names being thrown around um 
I, I wouldn't say I'm that sort of keen on. They were looking at Brantwaite from Everton. They're looking at Ben mm. Godfrey. Well, that kid is well. good. Yeah, yeah. So, he is good. So, but again, and this is the one thing that I think kind of separates or shows where Spurs are now versus where Spurs were last year is if Ange wants him, I want him. And I think that's the sort of like overriding so no, principle. Like, no, 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 no. I trust second guessing Ange, no being like, mm. I, I, I trust it. If he find if he has a player that he f- feels will fit the system, I, I believe it. And that, and you, that we've gone through a really tough period now. Like, we didn't win a game in November. And it was a tough one to go through because we, on the whole, I think the only game we deserved to lose was Wolves. Like, we didn't deserve to lose against Villa. We were, we, we played better than them. But again, like, kind of got complacent. Didn't deserve to lose against West Ham. But we've got James Ward-Price swinging his imaginary golf club like he wants to join the Live Tour. So it's those kind of things that, that him, irritate him you. Gareth Bale. But, oh, my God. But, but you you kind of come out on the other side. And the one thing that Ange kept saying is the best part about this is that he's had experience of it. He's gone through it with his team. Sometimes it happens at the start. Sometimes it happens at the middle. Sometimes it happens at the end. And it's about now he finds out about what players want to stick around and which players are ready to fight and which ones aren't. And I think that's exactly what happened with Newcastle. You saw Pedro Porro probably have his best game for Spurs, mm. like, ever. Um, he's managed to fit find a sort of able Madison replacement in playing Kulisevsky as an eight. Um, so it also shows that sort of tactical progress where he doesn't have the the guys that he normally has, but he can identify certain work. characteristics in the players that he does have and make it work. So I'm very happy with where we are at the moment and hopefully we can kick on and kind of put this bad spell behind us. But January is a big time. And I think the one name that every single one of these top clubs are going to be after is Colvin Phillips. <laughs> but do you want, does anybody want Calvin Phillips? Because they should. The, the thing, no, but Cyrus, they're not even playing him as in, when, 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 when Rodri's injured. So what, 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 what are they doing with it? I think it's a, for me, it's a, it's a Jaden Sancho situation. Like it's, the, the kid's good. There's no doubting he's good. He's an England international. We know that he's good, but he just hasn't have the start. He doesn't have the sort of environment around him that was kind guess, of conducive. But, but Paul's asking, no, I think, I think is this guy Steve Sidwell? Yes. I, I think he's a very good player. Like, I would take him. I, like, Spurs are losing Basuma and Pape Saw for AFCON. We are in a terrible situation with our midfield. I take mm. him on a six-month loan tomorrow. So, so Dean, so. you're willing to take a guy... That Pep is willing to pay a Rico Lewis in midfield over when well, Rodri's in. But, but, I don't think but, it's a but, bad recruitment though, and I think no, he also uh, does a job at United. Cole Palmer was sold by Pep, and that boy's yeah. flipping something. <laughs> eh? So yes. it's not like Pep. Pep has got such an embarrassment of riches at his club, and sometimes there's certain players like when John Stones first moved to to City, he wasn't getting game time all the time. It's the same with like a Grealish, right? It takes Pep a long time to feel that you've acclimatized to what needs to be done in his system. And I think that might be the issue with Calvin Phillips outside of the injuries as well. And that engine room is the main uh, space for 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 City. I mean, look at it this way. Um, who else did they sign? Um, what's his name from Wolves? And we're not, we're not seeing him play much. Yes, but he's he's in his he's in he's yeah. three months into City, right? My only question is, this guy, Pep, has an injury crisis in midfield. Gundo's gone. 
you've got uh what is it debrainer out you have rodri getting himself suspended red carded whatever it is injured whatever it is and you're playing makeshift midfielders when cole palmer played for man city we saw him in fits and spurts when guys were injured okay you 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 are I just don't know. Is there something let, that Pep knows not, that we don't know as look a market? At Cole Palmer. Is there not another defensive English defensive midfielder that Man City signed who sat on the bench for a couple of years before being let go? Um, they, Pep has done this with players before. And sometimes it's the stockpiling to be like, okay, fine, this guy should fit into our system or we need somebody. I mean, like... Kovacic doesn't get much game time. True, he's playing yes. ahead of Calvin Phillips. But the thing is, it, it's it's not as if this is a precedent-setting, I can't believe they signed him and he's not playing type player. Pep's done this before. Um, so and- how much will Calvin Phillips cost you guys? Well, everyone else. Manchester United. Look, I don't, I don't think... I don't Tottenham? think... I think Liverpool are also going to be all over Calvin Phillips. Like 40 million. We've mentioned yeah. it before, but they what should... Who doesn't play? Oh, but the market's the market now. So uh, yeah, Caicedo mm. is a hundred mil. Enzo Fernandez a hundred <laughs> mil. I mean, look, you know if what Pep is value? anything above forty million? He's a genius. Poch said he wants more guy, signings in January. Sit on the so bench, hide him, and then sell him for more than forty million to a rival and a guy you don't yeah. need. Okay, so Dean, when we look at Oh, he came on this weekend as well. He doesn't play either. Yeah. (laughs) How bad is he? But then he didn't play when he went to Everton. So, like... Yeah. He's horrible. Well, I I hate calling players horrible, but he's he's really, really bad. Um, When you look at this season and and, and the ambitions and everybody beating everyone, what Cyrus said about earlier about this could be Spurs' year, do you see it? I see that like a protea statement. It's like the hope before the crumble. <laughs> the thing is, so, to answer that question, you need to under you need to ask yourself, what is the year? Like, is this the year Spurs win the league? Absolutely not. Is this the year that we turn a corner? Absolutely. I think we have already shown that we've turned the corner and can put ourselves back in that conversation of back as being one of the Premier League's sort of top teams so, but so so dean won't say it so i'm gonna say it, right so how many how many points off the top are you currently seven right it's not impossible to make up a mm-hmm. seven point uh differential here's it's, it's here two games slip, why, which is quick here's why i think spurs cannot be counted out so first and foremost the first thing will be in Jan, they're going to get rid of a couple of guys in order to bring in a couple of guys. Let's say, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, let's say Spurs sign Mark Gurhi from Crystal Palace. It's a guy we're looking Surely at. that helps them immeasurably in the defensive stakes, right? So Donny van der Ven, Mark Gurhi together as your, your, your centre-backs, we're suddenly looking at the Spurs defence thinking, okay, it's not a joke anymore. Look, Romero and, and Van der Ven, and he's, he's managed to make his bones around how those things come. Then Madison comes back. We're then starting to look at the Spurs strike, striker issues yet again. They don't have front men, all of that stuff. All it takes is one decent signing. Not a superstar signing, because Spurs are scoring goals without having 
the need for somebody mm. major. So all you have to do is just get somebody to actually put the ball in the back of the net. And who knows? Because there's a lot of guys who might be getting loans out of Saudi at some point. So let's say, uh, and dare I say... Side, just to, on your point, like, I was watching that Man United game and while I was watching it, I was oh, like, Lord, no. Cyrus has point. said Solanke before. Oh. So, <laughs> Is Solanke a bad addition at Spurs? Yeah. I would take him. He's, he's fantastic. He's a fantastic footballer. You could even, I mean, and this is why I say loans out of Saudi, a Mitrovic could work in, in a Spurs side. And who's to say that a loan a, agreement like that couldn't happen, right? So there are players that exist around world football that we, are no, we know are known quantities in England who could actually help the Spurs team. The biggest issue they have is AFCON stuff affecting what happens in the midfield and obviously and whether or not they do spend. Yeah, and, and so on. Um, but what Levy does around that will be make or break. If they do what mm. I think they're capable of doing in Jan, I can't write Spurs off. I really can't. Dean, if Aston Villa finish above you or if Aston Villa somehow found a way to win the title, how do you feel as a Spurs fan? Oh. Opportunity missed? <laughs> It'll be like Leicester all over again. It's like, yeah. like why? That's why he's done why it. it. By the way, yeah. by the way, Fabian Delph was another one that Pep did exactly the same thing to at, at, at City. But didn't that um, kill his career? No, 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 I disagree. He played a lot for Pep in that one season where he moved to left back and he actually ended up Mm. playing tons. He didn't play as a central midfielder in that first season and was being pushed around when they needed somebody to fill in holes. They now have guys like Nathan Ake who will play across the entire back four and Manuel Akanji who can also do bits. That's why you're not seeing Calvin Phillips play left back or right back. but when it came down to it, when there was an issue in the midfield, they weren't like, okay, Fabian, strip off. It's time for you to get on. Yeah. Look. And Paul, how, would, how but, do you feel when Villa win the league above you? I will be so angry. <laughs> like, watching Saturday night was the most irritating thing as an Arsenal. This season's been just irritating, right? Like, up front, it's just, you're like, guys, like, honestly, we're not going to score goals at this pace, right? And Mikel's just wanting to do this little slow orchestra, the slow dance of his. And it's going to cost him, right? We can't be living like Fergie times where we're hoping that we're going to get something our way uh, and then start blaming the officiating. Because Fergie it time was, that was three minutes. Now you get like 16 minutes of Fergie time. And we still can't game. score. Fergie um, would and, be uh, salivating right now. <laughs> Jeepers. Shucks. You'd end up 5 0 up. Raining on the side goals. of the pitch. <laughs> so much chewing gum. No, but, look, Fergie time would be VAR. VAR would always just fall on Manchester United's <laughs> side, regardless of what happened. You know, like even that handball that at the moment. Uh, I believe uh, I, everybody feels the same way. Except for the oh, there is something interesting. I just want to. I know we're heading towards a conclusion. But there's mm-hmm. something interesting that Sai brought up about Villa and how they recruited really well. And that brings me to a point regarding Man United. Is that Another reason that we need to talk about ETH and, and what he's done is that you've got a guy, Paul Torres, who was scouted by Man United for like four seasons. He was top we of the club. We spoke about him on this podcast. He was top of the list on a club perspective from the scouts 
and under Ole as the preferred choice for left centre-back. ETH come, came in and chucked it out the window to sign Lissandro. I like Lissandro, but that is a structural issue at Man United. You can't chuck four years of scouting out the window to sign manager preferences. And if you do, that needs to be the exception to the rule rather than the rule. You can't consistently only sign manager targets. This looks like it's heading down the shitter. This looks like ETH is a dead man walking. And we're going to have a squad full of ETH players signed exclusively to play for ETH under a new manager at some point. Is that some point before the end of the season? I don't know. As I said, it will a lot will hinge on what Jim Ratcliffe and his new sporting director does when and if they come in. If they keep saying next week, next week, next week, next week, next week, never seems like it's coming. But when there's a new sporting director and the results and performances are like this, I can't imagine that this is going to be tolerated for much longer. I suspect we might hit a point. My prediction is we might hit a point where the results and performances become untenable. They might try and appoint another interim manager, Ruth van Nistelrooy, someone that uh, that I think might might fill that <laughs> hole. And then we're, we're gonna we, we're gonna be in back to square one um, at in the summer. I love this. I just think finding the former really United ask. players to be managers just just like <laughs> it'll lead us into the next section. But who gets fired first, Ten Hag or Poch? Because yeah. it's going to be a tight race. <laughs> Cyrus, but let's go to Cyrus first. Yeah. Is it untenable right now there at Chelsea? It It is a very weird situation because I literally cannot tell you if that's, if we've hit that, that, that point yet. And that's primarily because Poch will have an excuse for why certain things haven't happened. Even though they've spent tons and tons of money, he'll, he'll be like, I didn't spend $100 million on Casado. You did. You're asking me to play him, and he's playing. It's the question of what is happening around them. And this is something I'm, I'm fairly sure he would have told them is a, is a possibility. We've signed a lot of young guys who haven't played in this league before in key positions. This is what's going to happen. Chelsea's biggest issue right now is that we, we carry a hell of a lot of players in this team that don't do a hell of a lot. So, yes, there's been a whole bunch of, of, of laughing at Mudrik for, for the longest time. He's He's got a lot of potential, but you don't see much end product with him. Against United, he had a couple of guilt-edge chances as well and also played some good balls in that weren't finished off. You then look at the signing of like a Nicholas Jackson, and he's the preferred striker or was benched this weekend. He's not delivered on anything, even though he's the club's uh, top goal scorer um, this season. Scored seven more league goals than, uh, okay, I won't say his name at United. But then you look at some of the other issues specifically from the back up. Mm. Robert Sanchez, never going to be a great goalkeeper, but and the United game was the key thing here, and and this is also a point I wanted to go back to. Wahid, when the game was on, and I said to you, and I stopped watching um, at one one. I said, "This is the worst game of football I've ever seen." And and then afterwards, like, the next day, you were like, "Look, I was being a bit harsh on United," but I, I don't feel I was, and I still don't because the opportunities Chelsea created against that United team, anybody else would have put those away. And Bournemouth proved that this weekend. 
um, share my uh, chase Wahid. But nay, <laughs> he's had enough. He'll be back. But but the, the thing is, when you look at it, Chelsea don't create enough opportunities. They are carrying players in 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 very important positions. Like right now, Enzo Fernandez looks as if he can't do anything. But the reality is, it's because Conor Gallagher, as good as he's played, hasn't actually contributed anything on, on the for, uh, front side of the ball in terms of going forward. Yes, he's pressing like you won't believe, but it's not like Conor Gallagher, Conor Gallagher is banging in the goals or sending in through balls or whipping in corners that people are heading in consistently. So he's also one of those where he's just another body in midfield not necessarily somebody that i feel is changing the complexion of what's happening in matches yet every time somebody like cole palmer gets on the ball you feel as if something's going to happen and you saw it against united you saw mm -hmm. it against in fact pretty much most of the teams this season so there is a need for potch to recognize where the flaws are. And I also feel as if it's taken him a long time to also say, Tiago Silva is almost the same age as me. It might be time we start to <laughs> dial back his minutes. Um, and, Man and playing 90 minutes every game. Every game at 38. What a guy. Sarsi so amazed that he's... There's no question. <laughs> Spinning, spinning. But he's, he really is the best defender at the club. And then you think, okay, surely we have to start transitioning away from him. But will Poch get sacked? I don't know. Dean, do you want Poch to get sacked? I think it would be hilarious. I would love it if he did. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I, I, I tend to agree with what Cyrus is saying because I've mentioned it before where it's almost the opposite of what what he's just said at Man United, where Poch is getting players that he doesn't know what to do with, because the recruitment team and the data analysts at Chelsea and Todd Bowley are just saying, "He has this kid. He fits the our sort of metrics. Yeah, he has a hundred odd million player." And Poch is kind of like, "Well, I don't even know who what he does. Who is he? You know, like he, he he's forgotten names of players at his at his own club. So it's kind of the opposite of what what's happening at United. But at the same time, you you can't negate the fact that they have spent the money and they do have the players on hand. And for Poch to come out post that post the game um, and to say, "Oh, we have to wait for January to get more reinforcements." Who else do you want? Like, how how well, many more players are maybe, you actually maybe go maybe somebody with Jack? with a couple of like a little bit of age where you're like, okay, maybe twenty two is too young, you know. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, like you know, who who else are they going to go drop another five hundred million now in January and sign more players? Poch doesn't know about, or is he actually going to have a say? And that's the thing. I think it's just a it's a road that leads to nowhere. That there isn't really a solution right now, and there's a lot of us. Post that Chelsea game, there was a lot of rumors of Poch that is already mm. got like his marching orders, and uh, uh, it was obviously fake. But you just search Chelsea or Poch on Twitter, and there's a lot of fans that are ex like they are done. They want him to leave like now, and it's not the solution because the next manager is going to have the exact same thing. But Potter's, yeah. I saw a stat that said Graham Potter won more games in 2023 with Chelsea than what Poch has, and yeah. 
that's 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 what it is at the moment. It's so it's it's exactly what it is at the point at the moment, and it's the same with United. You don't see it. You don't see it getting sort of fixed anytime soon because you the the personnel are there slash not there, but Potch isn't finding a way to make them fit the way that he wants to play, and they're not playing the way that I'm used to seeing a Potch team play. And yeah, that's the biggest problem. There's just no id there's no there's no sort of that is the chelsea team okay let's go to our liverpool corner we have a guest who's just joined as we're about to finish but let's give him a moment at the top of the table jean emile how does it feel to be sitting at the top smelling that fresh air um no one's gonna call you an elephant um uh, like like my team was called every time we got to the top so how does it feel uh nerve-wracking but at the same time we're just enjoying the ride but uh, we we haven't deserved it really we haven't actually played that well and yet we have kind of found the character and the consistency to come back from behind and win 18 points from losing positions uh in a similar way to 2019-20 which is just a, a remarkable character and um i'm just yeah i'm just really enjoying it but the next two weekends are going to define the season i think yeah, Manchester oh, United on Sunday. United. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but those games you can never no, discuss. We're going to wait for Luke Shaw to watch Mo Salah run past him to score his annual hat-trick against us. <laughs> Come on. We can't, we can't jump ahead because that's what, uh, I mean... Uh, we, we, we've seen other teams doing it before and uh, we've even seen Liverpool doing it before. So we, we just really have to remain humble here and, uh, you know, just enjoy the fact that we've been consistently getting the results. But United, we, you know, it's a game which it's like a derby. It's You, can't, you have to treat it differently. You Thomas beat us 7-0 no, the last time. And you guys... I'm never gonna. You can't come and be like it's like a derby. It was no, it is because because you guys were coming into that match on form and we were not, and then all of a sudden we spanked you. And and who's to say that United can't suddenly just like you know have a worldie without Bruno Fernandez? Me, I'm everybody, everybody, <laughs> okay. The game on the twenty third. The the oh by the hopefully by the time the twenty third happens, Arsenal will be second, but. Um, that's a big one, and we struggle against Liverpool. Um, well, in historically, obviously, last season was was slightly different. That's a much bigger. That's I think that's a much bigger test for for both teams to kind of see who's going to wrestle that um, that away. But you've got it's it's a weird season because you've got guys behind you. You've got City chasing, and you also now have Aston Villa chasing. And who obviously City will always be, and we can never write them off, right? It's 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 it's, it's ridiculous, but uh, it's. You've been there before, and you managed to get over the line. Um, do you think the squad, this Liverpool squad, has it in them to be top at Christmas and then take it all the way? Because I know Arsenal can't, but we will. Top we, at we Christmas, hope, yes. And hope is what kills you. Oh, shame. Yeah, no, hope can kill you, especially against City with a rejuvenated squad when Kevin De Bruyne comes back. Um, I think uh, definitely top at Christmas, but like we absolutely need a centre back and a central defensive midfielder to sustain that up until the end of the season and uh, without that no no hope and so when Mo Salah goes to AFCON what happens I honestly do have faith that uh, Soboslai or Elliot can fill his spot uh, pretty productively and I do believe that the other players will step up uh, we might even change the system a little bit but um, I mean 
Mo Salah hasn't actually been playing that that well. He just happened to find a good goal when it mattered against uh, Crystal Palace. I I do think uh, other players will have to come in in terms of leadership, but uh, Nunez finally just has to start scoring and take that responsibility because uh, it's great that he's chaotic, but he scored. Yeah. I think I think I saw it's, it's thirteen from twenty four expected goals. So he's left, which 10 I think is the worst in Premier League history. Yeah, it's like he's left ten goals on the field this season. Wait, he's worse than Nicholas yeah. Jackson because I know Nicholas Jackson's a very whoa, bad whoa, XG. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, yeah, no, no, you no, guys no, are no, all no, over Richardson. I see what you're doing here, but let's. Let's let's let's. Didn't let's you look say you thought Nicholas Jackson would be one of the signings of the season? He'd be Drogba. I did. He's Drogba. I, He's Drogba. I didn't say How's that Drogba, working out? <laughs> <laughs> let's look at the stats. Honestly, league stats. Yes, you can talk about games against Spurs where people score goals, but there's a certain guy who's in your own dressing room who's looked as if he doesn't even know which side the goal is. Um, I think the thing is. Though, Don't talk about Man United. Oh, I should. Nah. Know, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, you're, you're, you're being a bit rash there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even looking at Rashford. This is the thing, you know. I've always given Rashford a hell of a lot of stick, but but Hoyland, heavens, and and this is the crazy thing. I cannot understand how he keeps getting absolutely no pasting from anybody. The man has been running up and down that pitch like a pigeon chasing bread in in, in Trafalgar Square, and. He, he, he just keeps getting let off the hook. Everyone's like, yeah, no, no, next game will be the game. Yet everyone's looking at Nicholas Jackson as if he's some dog turd that happens to wear a blue shirt. I'm like, I don't understand it. Make it make sense. Look, we're not we're not saying he's a bad striker. All we're saying uh, is from the next... <laughs> no, from, no, from the I, I'm, saying, I'm saying that. Uh, I, no, 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 I am saying that. Nicholas Jackson's saying a bad that. Look, player. All of us here, all of us here don't have strikers that are, are meeting the, the whatever it is. So I'd rather have Darwin Nunez right now. Look, I think let's just say this: we all have strikers that don't pass the master. Yes, Dean, we know Richarlison put away Newcastle, but it, he yeah. is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've all got problems, and I think between the five of us, we're going to be fighting for it. I just like to say that I told you so. <laughs> From minute one, you laughed at me, but I said this guy's horrific. <laughs> okay, so let's end on this. I want to go across the room. Waheed, you're play- obviously, United's playing Liverpool. What's the scoreline this weekend? Uh, 4-0 Liverpool. Ooh, 4-0. Dean, do you think Liverpool United might cause an upset? No, but I don't think it'll be... I don't think it'll be that bad because Liverpool... I've watched a couple of their games and it's. I, I wouldn't say they are sort of concisive. So I think United will, and especially with the derby, I don't think you can write off. But I, like two 0 Liverpool, I think, and then kind of walk away. Okay, Cyrus, what's the score like? Um, where's the game again? <laughs> at Anfield. Anfield the right? game is at Anfield. Anfield. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it should be a Liverpool win here, but. I always have caveats when it comes to these things. And mm. um, Jean Emile mentioned, like, yes, it's a derby and what have you, but the one thing that happens in derbies is people lose their heads. So 
all things considered, if everybody is is on the pitch, then I think Liverpool win this 2-0. But I also have a feeling somebody's going to just lose their shit on the Liverpool side of things and give United a sniff by giving an additional man on the pitch. Who's going to be that person, Cyrus? Name and shame. I'm not going to name and shame. I I just think it's going to happen. Um, it might be one of those accidental ones like Romero's where you step all over somebody's soul in the box. But um, yeah, I, I think I think there's a possibility. Those are red cards for teams when they're not playing against Man United. But when you're playing against Man United, it's not a red card. It's just how it works. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> have a feeling. It's not a red card. We've seen it all season. So... He can we we probably like Van Dyke could probably like kick kick Rashford in the head and it would be a red card at the moment. Like no, it's accidental. Yeah, that's because it won't be on the pitch because Rashford's on the bench. So <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> okay, Jean Emile, what's the scoreline on Saturday? Oh, is it Sunday? Two one to Liverpool. United are going to score against you. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, will. Holland, it will be, the, it will be goal. the worst goal. It will be the worst goal you've ever seen off the backside <laughs> of <laughs> like McTominay. <laughs> but uh, 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 yeah, first goal. I, I, yeah. I'm putting money down. Okay. Holland, because I talked so much trash about him. So you'll get one league goal and be six behind Nicholas Jackson. I'm not even going to watch the game. I'm. Uh... But some people are very, very, very selfish when they plan weddings, and my brother-in-law is one of them. So I'm oh, watching. Is he a United game. fan? Yeah, he's a United fan. Yeah, he's he's saving you the misery. That's why. <laughs> That's all he's doing. <laughs> but day they score in the middle of that ceremony, best believe you'll be watching that game somehow. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. That that brings us to the end of, of of the show. Hopefully, we will be back sooner than Rasmus Hoyland can score a goal. Um, or sooner than Gabriel Jesus. Rasmus Hoyland is the top scorer in the Champions League, I think, or something along yes, those lines. Yes, he is. But don't hate on my players, At the end of this week, at the end <laughs> of this week, when United are out of the Champions League, he will no longer be. Is he done scoring? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait he, do you want to be in Europa or do you want to go out entirely? Just let us Out know. entirely. No, you want Europa because at the end of the day, you'll still earn a little bit of money. Like, no, yes, it, yeah, earn the money, but now we butt. have to go play on Thursday nights and lose to a Wi Fi code. No thanks. Yeah, <laughs> look, you, it's not like you haven't done it before, so just let it happen. Yeah, but it's too, like no. in, those seasons, we, we, in those seasons, we were playing Europa, there was like a sniff of winning games. Now we play like a Stana and lose. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, who are you playing again? You're playing Bayern. Yeah, Harry Kane comes we home. We have to beat Bayern, and we have to hope that Galatasaray <laughs> and Copenhagen don't draw. Yeah, in order like to that. get into Europa. Yeah, in order to maybe get it. <laughs> you know, those are yeah. Bafana tactics to get into Europa League. Yeah, we do Bafana match. It's like you know, well, we're look, like, they have a certain Gabon, Benny McCarthy like, there. Gabon because like Bafana could need need another result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a certain Bafana coach there, Benny McCarthy, who's turned that United side into what Bafana Fana looks like um, up front. Just can't score Remember when he was horrible. the second coming, though? Remember yeah. when you, everyone oh, was like, was oh, him and Rashi. He, he him and Rashi goals. just had this relationship, yeah. right? Wow. And like yeah. he turned Rashi into this world class wow. striker. And look, then. As a non United fan, it actually does pain me. I really like Marcus Rashford as, an, as, a, as a man. Um, he is a man of serious principles. 
Um, but yeah, long may his goal drought continue. Uh, can that man score goals? That's all we need. Um, no, I'm okay without them. Okay, so he can feed the kids, but he just can't feed his yeah. family. Well, he's he's fed his family. In fact, let's not get it started on this because I'm going to bring up Anthony and yeah, <laughs> we, it will just get that United front line is games without a goal. Yeah, look, let's leave it at that. I think you're, you're, what he's managed to say is peace. It was a safe space for the United faithful. Dean's slightly happy now because Ange is doing his thing. Cyrus is still believing in the eight-year project, like his captain who <laughs> definitely um, has won't be this AWOL. year. Exactly. <laughs> and then Jean is just happy to be up there knowing that there's somebody chasing him that isn't Arsenal, that isn't Aston Villa, that's just chilling there waiting to strike whenever they can. And yeah, I'm just Premier looking League. at the season going, oh my word, this is going to be so such a horrible finish. But hopefully somehow we, we get on to the other side um, because you're Liverpool and City chasing us. That'll be uh, something else. But anyway, that's it. Guys, enjoy the football this weekend. Enjoy Manchester United-Liverpool. We'll be watching that. For Wahid, we'll be sending you messages on the WhatsApp group that's seemingly quiet during games, but we're going to try our best to keep you updated um, as Anthony starts and Hoyland sits on the bench. Um, and I don't know if Marcus Rashford's even going to be on the bus there. Um, but yeah, enjoy the football. Enjoy the Premier League. Have a great time. And goodbye and lesale kakakiso. <laughs>